Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, January 4th, the first podcast of 2021, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs lost to the Chargers 38-21 on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. A victory would have been a great way to conclude the regular season, but the Chiefs had already clinched the AFC's top seed, so starters like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew, they all rested, and that was a big thing. The entire team will get another week of rest this week as the wildcard games are played. We'll know after the weekend who the Chiefs will see in their first playoff game the following week. We talked about the Chargers game and the playoff picture on Sportsbeat Live after the game with Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope, plus the audience. And now it's a Sportsbeat KC podcast. So let's get started. Hey, good evening. Welcome to Sports Beat Live from Kansas City. Coming at you, uh, the Sunday edition, which makes it the Chiefs post-game show. And we're here to talk about the, the Chiefs' loss to the Chargers today, but mostly to look ahead to uh, to the playoffs and what lies ahead for Kansas City. We do this with you all. Your questions and comments, please send them along. We'll get to as many of them as we can. And we do it with the people who know this team the best and Cover it like nobody else. Uh, already, we have in the house Sam Mellinger and Sam McDowell. Good to see you guys. We'll be joined by uh, Vahe Gregorian and Herbie Teope a little bit later in the show. So, um, Chiefs end up losing this game, Week 17, 38 to 21 to the um, to the Los Angeles Chargers. And in any other season, maybe and. Any other week, I would look at a 17-point loss at Arrowhead Stadium and uh, and just think, "Wow, what a what a punch in the gut that was!" And we'd be inundated with with questions: uh, who to bench, who to you know, who to fire, you know, all sorts of uh, complaints from fans. Not happening tonight. But Sam McDowell, is there any reason to be I don't know a, a little bit uneasy about the way the game unfolded today? No, none, I would say. Zero reason. Um, I didn't even know that, realize that they lost until you told me, Blair. <laughs> That's good. I, I, you know, after the game, though, I, I think, obviously, you know, Andy Reid actually even acknowledged they treated this like a fourth preseason game, which is what they did, but I, I was kind of surprised to hear him say that. Um, and so I kind of looked at maybe some particular players that I thought the Chiefs were keeping an eye on and, and therefore guys that we should probably keep an eye on. Um, Darwin Thompson had a good day. Byron Pringle had a good day. Uh, Tim Ward had a sack, and that's a guy who doesn't have a lot of football experience. He's more of a project, and I think that's a good sign for him. Um, and then another standout for me was DeAndre Baker. I thought he had some some moments, and then him breaking his femur, Andy Reid told us in the post game is, is is just a shame considering what that guy's already gone through this year. Um, so I think they were a guy, uh, another guy that they thought could develop, maybe even to a contributor next season. Um, so those were the four guys I kind of focused on a little bit. Well, and look, Darwin Thompson did have a good 110 total yards from scrimmage, a couple of touchdowns. He only had one in his career uh, as, a, as a rookie last year. So nice day for him. I agree with you. DeAndre Baker had the sack and uh, was seemed to be playing well. And then to break a femur, my gosh, former number one pick. And I think the Chiefs, you know, we're thinking big things for him uh, next year. Um, so that that's a shame. Um, Tim Ward, interesting, uh, interesting game, interesting player. Brett Veach has talked about him in the past. If you, um, you know, it, it volunteers it. You don't ask him specifically about Tim Ward. He brings him 
Tim Ward up and, you know, guys that, uh, that we, uh, that the chiefs like. So yeah, true on all counts. Um, Sam, how about you, Melly? What, um, what, what's the, what's the takeaway from this? The Willie Gay thing's interesting. Um, you know, yeah, I didn't he, mention he, that he, he got injured today with the ankle injury. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something to, to keep an eye on. Obviously. I mean, that's one of the benefits of, of having the buy, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously is that, you know, he, he gets two weeks, but, um, there wasn't really much of an indication on, on how serious they thought that injury would be, but um, he's a guy that gives them, I mean, I know we talk about this every time his name comes up, but he gives them sort of a dynamic on defense with that speed in that position that they really don't otherwise have. That that would be not devastating. This isn't like Juan Thornhill, you know, with the ACL right before the playoffs last year, um, which turned out to be okay, right? Uh, but it's not that big of an injury, but the, it, that's something to monitor. I, I would just underline um, you know, really what McDowell just said about uh, both DeAndre Baker um, and, and Tim Ward. You know, he, he got the sack like you guys mentioned, but um, I, I felt like he got some pressures too. Um, I felt like he, he was beating the guy in front of him, um, you know, as many times as not. That that guy has a bright future. You know, Blair, you just mentioned like that Brett Veach, and he does this sometimes. He did it with Tershawn Wharton too um, and, and some other guys. Well, he'll just like bring up a name that you kind of maybe – don't really know much about and sometimes you just don't don't know if it's an executive you know sort of pushing his guy right but um god tim ward showed out and that was a chargers team that was playing this game like it mattered you know i mean that, that was an nfl game that that you know an nfl opponent that, that tim ward was playing against so that's that's pretty encouraging yeah i i think it's uh it, sometimes brett brett veach acts kind of it's like humble brag to him hey we found this yeah. guy and uh it, which is great you know because it puts him on the radar and, and you have to do, yeah <laughs> so hey herbie how you doing what's going on guys herbie who did they start on the offensive line today i i was i had, <laughs> I had to look at the pro i had to go to the chief's website to find out who all those guys were Hey, we, we know who Martinez Rankin is. We, we know who uh, Wisniewski is at left guard. Rankin obviously drew the start at left tackle. Uh, Daniel Kilgore, their free agent signing uh, over training camp, pre- previously with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, right guard, hey, we, we had Mizzou guy, Mr. Durant. And then over at uh, right tackle, a guy I know from New Orleans. Go ahead, Melly, go ahead and do one of these. He did it <laughs> formerly with the Saints. So, of course, you know, I knew about him. Um, hey, it gave them an opportunity to rest everyone. You know, Eric Fisher, uh, Nick Allegretti, Andrew Wiley, Austin Ryder, they all were able to get their rest. And uh, for, for, I thought the offensive line, for the most part, actually held up. I mean, you know, they got lucky there because Joey Bosa wasn't playing for uh, the L.A. Chargers. But, yeah, I, did, I thought they did pretty well. Maybe except for the safety and then the um... – uh, the fourth and one, I, I thought that was a poor choice. The fourth and one in the third quarter when they had Doran Thompson go into the middle, you know, your 185 pound back uh, up the gut after converting a third and one with uh, Anthony Sherman successfully on the, on the same, on the same series. Um, hey, so we're getting, getting comments and a couple of names, a couple of names that have come up and another face that's come up, Vahe Gregorian. How are you, Vahe? I'm good, Blair. Thanks for uh, putting up with me. How you guys doing? Vahe, on the move from the press box to the office. It's good to see you, Vahe. Um, so um, a- another player who, who kind of showed out today, I thought, was Rashad Fenton uh, as a kick returner. Yes. Uh, you know, brings the opening kickoff back 44 yards, averages almost 30 yards, a kick return. Um, 
I, I think we may see, I, I know Pringle returned the, the, the last one, but I think we may be seeing more Rashad Fenton back there um, at, uh, at kick return. And now I wonder about McCole Hardman as a punt returner. What? If, if anything, I think with Fenton, because if I'm not mistaken, these were his first touches as a returner uh, this regular season. And, you know, you're right. He, had, he showed some tremendous burst. And, you know, you mentioned McCall Hardman, the snafu with, with the punt, the muff punt there. If you, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with him, why not give a guy like Fenton the opportunity? Because, you know, we, we've heard Dave Tobe speak about it throughout the entire season that they had other options at returner. And he, he did mention Fenton, and now we saw what he can do. I thought he showed some tremendous burst as a returner. I mean, he averaged 29.7 yards per kick return, the one long yard, uh, return for 44 yards. So he's, he's certainly a guy to consider if, if, if you want to go that way uh, in the postseason. Mike says, McCole Hardman, by all respects, should have dominated the targets and this game. Future doesn't look so bright. Can we go that far with McCole Hardman? I don't know if you can say, like, definitively what he's going to be as a player going forward. But I, I do think it's fair to say that at least I thought that there was more in him this year. I, I thought we were going to see more out of him this year. And the, the production just hasn't been there. The, he's had opportunities to make plays. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. It, again, doesn't mean it's not going to. Um, he's still a young player. But, um, you know, he, he's, he hasn't met what I think was a fair expectation for him. And, you know, there, there's instances, I was just going to say, there's instances, you know, he showed such burst on one play after the catch today where you wonder why he can't do that more consistently because the talent is there. It's pretty obvious what the Chiefs saw in the draft. He's got a level of speed that most guys, even in this league, don't have. And I, I am surprised that that hasn't led to more consistency. And it's, to me, it, it goes back to what we've been talking about all year and even into last year. It's the route running. He's got to become a more adept route runner on this short and intermediate stuff to be a consistent performer in this league. I don't think it, it's it fair to that. Is, uh, oh, go ahead, Herbie. Yeah, I don't think it's really fair to judge McCole Hardman's uh, what he was able to do today with mostly the second team. You know, yeah. here's, the, here's the thing that stands out to me. Dion Yelder had six targets this game, and that's probably a product of his comfort level or Chad Henney's comfort level with Dion Yelder because Yelder is a backup tight end. So yeah. when you're practicing, Henney's not running the first-team offense. He's running the second-team offense, and Hardman's not running with the twos. You know, Hardman's running with the ones. So that's why it makes sense that throughout the game, to me, I always noticed, and I actually mentioned it in the press box, yeah, Henney seems to be looking for Yelder a lot, and he was throwing his way. You know, the only thing I'd add about Hardman is that, it, to me, the, the the thing that has become a pattern is you're always kind of wondering when that mental mistake is going to happen. And that that punt return today was a great example. I mean, he he let himself be in no man's land. You know, he he kind of went like this as it was coming down. Then he kind of hung by close enough that it, that he had to react instead of make a play. And then he didn't make the play. Um I just think we see that kind of thing out of him a little more often than I think we should now. And not exactly that way, right, in different forms sometimes where you see Patrick kind of still uh, scolding him a little bit about, you know, finishing a route and things like that. I, I just – that's the part that disappoints me. Um, and, I, and I hope that he can shake it loose because he's I, – I mean, that, that talent is, is, is special. I mean, it, it, he, could be, he could be tremendous. 
How about uh, Colin Saunders playing a little linebacker uh, late in the game? Uh, Kathy noticed that and several others. I, I, I thought that was fun. Um, I, uh, he, we know how he, he's, he's, he's really athletic, uh, but I, I certainly don't think we're going to see much, uh, uh, not only of Colin Saunders, but a lot of the players that we saw today, but a nice moment for him to, um, uh, not, not just that, but he had the fourth down stop on uh, what, what amounts to a goal line stand now, right? He, he was the one that hit uh, that yeah. met uh, Justin Herbert at the, at the goal line and brought him down. And as the replay review revealed, uh, short of the short of the, the, the end zone, so um, a kind of a nice moment mo- moment for him. And let's go back a, just as we're talking about today's game and, and people who stood out. Uh, Darwin Thompson delivered somewhat of an unexpected post game press conference with his uh, tribute to uh, his coach at uh, Northeast Oklahoma, the, the junior college where he played. I think, Sam McDowell, I think you're going to pursue that a little bit. Um, but I, I can't remember. It was un- it had to be unprompted, right? Yeah, I think it was um, Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride asked him a question um, just about how he's tried to stay positive after they brought in Le'Veon Bell this year. Obviously, it's, it's diminished his playing time to almost nil other than special teams. And he mentioned that um, his JUCO running backs coach, Gerald House, was one of the guys that, that taught him that. And he passed away at the age of 28 in May, I think it was. Um, and so, you know, of, of course, I just happened to be next up on a Zoom call and asked him, what, why was it that he was a guy that meant so much to you? And it, it really seems like he was, if, if not uh, the guy, then at least one of the top guys that, that sort of had Thompson's ear on, on dis- important life decisions to make. You know, he said he wanted to go pro after he left Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. And of course, we know that he went to Utah State instead. And he said that how talked him out of that decision. He thought it was a bad decision that he needed to have one more stop before he went to the NFL. So you, you could just tell by, I mean, he was emotional in, in this postgame press conference. I mean, it, if he wasn't crying, he was close to it. Um, he, he bowed his head and, and was, I think was definitely choking up. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you, you could tell it was a guy that, that had a big, big impact on his life and certainly his football career as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning more about that and reading about it. Um, uh, look, uh, give, give the Chargers all kinds of credit for the way that they played and – uh, you know, look, we we've had we've been watching Derek Carr for several years, and um, and we're you know wonder still wondering about Drew Locke with the Broncos. But I think we've seen I think we're seeing the next big thing at quarterback in the AFC West. Herbie, you agree with that? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And don't don't forget, like on Thursday, I asked D. Spagnolo what he thought about Justin Herbert, and and Spagnolo said, "Hey," and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said that hey, I think we're going to see one of the next elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think he's correct here. Think about this. In two games against the Chiefs, Justin Herbert has topped 300 yards twice. Okay, so that's 613 yards, four touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns against the Chiefs. He set the NFL record for most uh, what touchdowns by a rookie quarterback. And get this, he's the first rookie quarterback to win at Arrowhead Stadium since 2012. Extra points to anyone out there, not not the panel here, but to any fans that chime in all of a sudden and know who the last rookie quarterback to win, opposing quarterback to win at Arrowhead Stadium was. I think Justin Herbert is – he's special. He made some throws in the first game that uh, made me raise my eyebrows. And tonight he made some throws. I was like, that's pretty good. He, this guy's, this guy's going to be special. Hey, it's Blair. 
we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. That 2012 rookie quarterback, um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but there were plenty of opportunities for quarterbacks to come in and win in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> two, two and 14. So actually, I think I do know, but I'll keep it. I like I like the challenge there, Herbie. Um, hey, Melly, what did you think? I, I'm Look, we can rationalize this, right? The, the first time the Chiefs played them, they were preparing for Tyrod Taylor. Today, when they played him, it was with, you know, just a bunch of reserves. So, um, still, he's done enough in between those two games to impress me. No, Herbert's – he's legit, man. Like, I, I don't know how you could watch him play. And it's not just against the Chiefs, like Herbie was saying. I mean, it's – he's been doing this against everybody. And um, he's smart. Um, he's big. That's something that they didn't really show at, at Oregon until the end, until the bowl game, maybe the last regular season game, if I remember right, is is how good he is with his legs. Um, he's really mobile, and, and he can move around, and, and he can move a pocket. You know what I mean? Like, they, that's 6'5", 240 or whatever coming at you. Um, he's got a great arm, quick release. Uh, he appears very smart. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that that's a big jump, um, you know, to, to, to go from what he was doing at Oregon um, you know, and the calls that are required and all that um, to go into the NFL. I just, um, I, I, I'm nothing but impressed with that guy. I mean, the, the Chargers have kind of like a, a, a cursed, you know, existence in, in a lot of ways. And they lost, I think it was it seven games by uh, a possession or less this year. And, and so had, and had the lead in much in many of them. Yeah. Like, yes. Like a second half lead. Yeah, so that you know, the Chargers, you know, just sort of institutionally are, are capable of screwing some things up. But uh, <laughs> they've got a lot of talent with that guy and, and some of the guys around him as well. I think yep. through like I think it might have been through nine weeks that there were three teams in the NFL that had not lost by more than one possession. Of course, that at that time the Steelers were undefeated, the Chiefs had only lost once, and I think the Chargers were like two and seven, and they were the third team that hadn't lost by more than That's a possession. <laughs> But it's funny, too, to contrast that with the Chiefs, right? So the Chiefs win seven straight by uh, basically one possession and eight eight or nine overall, I think, and uh, flip that and, and each of those teams and uh, things look a little different. Hey, Blair, has, has anyone chimed in yet on who the rookie quarterback was? Uh, Nicole has. She says the uh, the last rookie quarterback to win at Arrowhead was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Absolutely correct. And, and I got to give credit to Danny Marquino, our good friend, Danny Marquino, who's now with the Chargers PR staff. He actually alerted me to that during the game and said, hey, I don't know if you knew this, but Andrew Luck was the last rookie quarterback there. And our guy just beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So shout out to Danny Marquino, formerly of Chiefs PR, now with Chargers PR. Um, Andrew Luck's last game was at Arrowhead, as it turned out as well. Um, playoff loss a couple years ago. So Rob asks, did the Chiefs get it right by resting their starters? 
Uh, you know, it depends, right? I mean, it, it, if, if you really, if 15 and one was really important to you, oh, hey, what do you think? It, I, you know, well, they, they, they leave with a couple of injuries that, my gosh, I mean, one, one guy, I don't, I don't know how, how soon you come back from a broken femur, for gosh sakes. And, well, you're right. And, and in a certain way, it's not like that really is what would have happened to somebody else, but it's a reminder of what, what, what's out there, right? You know, you think first, do no harm. Um, Blair, I, I, and all you guys, we've talked about this before a little bit, but I was kicking this around a little bit with Sam Mellinger earlier. It, it does remind me a little bit of the uh, that 2015 scenario when the Royals were in game four, middle of the game, we're getting ready to write our, write our stuff. And the sort of uh, planning session is we're going to write about how all the moves backfired um, by like resting their players in September and everything. And, and uh, how the season wasn't worth anything because of what happened and, then they win the game and the, the whole narrative flips. And so I, I, I refer to that mostly just to say, I think it's, it's we're going to feel like we're going to judge whether they should have rested them entirely on how, how it goes from here. Um, I'm sure that there'll be some skepticism if they come out slow and can't rebound like they did in all three playoff games last year. Um, I tend to think Andy, you know, Andy feels the horse under him, right? I mean, he's, he's the guy who, who knows the pulse of this team um, I think he knew what he was doing. Um, you you got to take advantage of the luxury of rest. And as Andy put it before, they're not going to forget the plays. I, I think it was the right move. And I don't think this game has any bearing in any way. I mean, I think it might bother some some observers that they lost and all that. But I think anybody really drilled into it understands that this was a glorified exhibition game. Can I just say, like, I don't have any patience for somebody that thinks that the Chiefs should have played their starters today. Um, that that is a empty argument to me on on every level. And um, you know, of course, like it doesn't mean that um, you know that that Bashad Breeland or Charvarius Ward or Tyron Matthews, some other defensive back, would have broke his femur right the way that that DeAndre Baker did. But um, you know, just to be able to say you're fifteen and one instead of fourteen, you know, I, I just uh, they did the right thing, man. They. This team, you look at the salary cap and just like also just how they play, they are disproportionately reliant on those stars. And if if they if you lose any of those guys, that's that's a potential disaster. That would have been a much more lively press conference, by the way. Uh, you know, Zoom conference today uh, after, after the game or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I go back. Listen. Um, I go back to the playoff game in 20 after the 2017 season and uh, they lost Travis Kelsey to the concussion just before halftime in the playoff game with a 21 to three lead and how that changed the game entirely for the chiefs in the second half uh, and, and ended up losing to the Titans that day. So oh, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I just don't see how you, Andy did the right thing. I, I guess I, we'll, we'll only, we'll only realize this in hindsight, but you know, how many times do have we talked about it? And they showed the graphic today. Mahomes not playing as well in the last four games as the previous twelve, and you know the Chiefs kind of lucky to scrape by the Falcons last week, and then they lose today by seventeen to a to a. Listen, they've been in this position before and have won the game. And um, Andy Reid had won his last six Week Seventeen games, whether he was playing as star- starters or not. And he lost his first one, and that was in overtime. Remember that in, in 2013, his first year uh, with the Chiefs. And you know, today they 
Look, it is what it is. It's I, I, I picked the Chargers to win the game. I think we all felt uh, going into this that the Chargers were going to win this game. I thought the Chargers had a little more motivation today than um, than maybe what a team with a six and nine record coming in you'd expect. You know, just to I guess play a little bit of a contrarian on all this. Patrick Mahomes' last game, we all thought he was fooled by some of the stuff the Falcons were doing, and and Melly wrote a great piece on it over the weekend. Him going 20 or 21 days without seeing anything like that in an NFL game, I'm not saying it should make you want to play the guy today, but I do think that's something that could be a storyline whatever day they play, whether it's January 16th, January 17th. I think that could be something we're talking about. He hasn't thrown an NFL pass in in three weeks by the time they next play, and I, I think that could be a factor. Um, I, I think so, too. I, I think it's legit. Um but I, do, I am falling back on a little crutch here, and it's just a, a fun number that uh, I checked out. Blair and I have been talking about this a little bit. So the Chiefs, with Mahomes as a starting quarterback, are 4-1 and one in the postseason. Before that, they were 4-16 and 16 in the postseason since their last Super Bowl. Um, I just I just like the number. I just, just wanted to show off after, after we <laughs> – I just looked the hustle. That was great. <laughs> I just looked that up and wanted it to go somewhere in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, so anybody else scoreboard watching today? I, you know, I was uh, – Oh, yeah. I was spending as much time watching other games as, as I was the Chiefs. So – yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's the nature of the beast. We have the playoff bracket. Uh, do, I don't think we have times yet. Uh, maybe someone can double check. Uh, but we we do know that the uh, the Bills are the two seed, and they'll, they'll play host to the Colts. Steelers are the three. They play host to the Browns. Wow, Cleveland gets to go to Pittsburgh next week, and then um, the the Titans uh, with a pulled out a, a last play victory over the. Um, uh, over the Houston Texans are the four seed, and they'll play the Baltimore Ravens. So, um, how does the bracket set up for the Chiefs? Does it matter? Um, what what do you, uh, um, is there anything to glean from the AFC bracket? So, I, I actually think that this is as good, or you know, maybe just as top heavy as the AFC's been in a long time. Um, I, I think that any of those teams are capable of beating the Chiefs. Um, and I, I really mean that. The, the Chiefs will be favored. They should be favored. I'm going to pick them against any other AFC team. But those guys, those those other teams, th- this will be a tougher road. If the Chiefs get there, it'll be a tougher road to the Super Bowl than they had last year, I, I think, regardless of, of who they play. It, it, it It's a really good field. It's a, it's a really good field top to bottom. Hold up, Melly. You're saying the Browns can beat the Chiefs? Yeah. Really? You, you, you like Miles Garrett? You like Mike Rimmers blocking Miles Garrett? Is that, is that how you want Patrick Mahomes protected? I mean, yeah, there, there's a million ways. Like, uh, I mean, I do think the Browns are probably the best matchup or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a way that the Browns can beat them. I think the Colts have stars at every level on the defense um, and all over their skill positions, although I don't like Phillip Rivers in the playoffs. You know, there's a reason the Chiefs are going to be favored against any of these teams. But, yeah, I, I think that any of these any of these teams are capable on the right day of beating the Chiefs for sure. Yeah, I mean, if all the favorite teams win, you could see – I mean, Derrick Henry just crossed 2,000 yards for the season. That would be an interesting matchup. And the Titans' defense isn't was what it was last year. Um, but to me, I mean, the, the Bills are a problem. They're the second-best team in the NFL. And I, I include 
Kirby Saints in that argument and, and the Seahawks in the pack and the P- Packers. I, I, I think the Bills are the, are the second best team in the NFL right now. They look great. They played with not much to play for today against the Dolphins team that had everything to play for today and just blew them out of the water. Destroyed them. Yeah, you're you're right, Mac. I, I love the Bills, man. They're they're dangerous. That, that's a team that's going to be an interesting team to face in the postseason. I think we um, Tua didn't help himself today as um, no. you know as the future Dolphins quarterback. That that's interesting. And they went he went what fifth and Herbert sixth in the draft uh, last year. So um, you know I I was th- there was one scenario where the Ravens could have been the seventh seed and the Bills kind of locked into the two. I was kind of hoping those two teams would have to face each other in the first round just to get one of them out of the way. As the Ravens, you know, motivated, playing well, motivated uh, the regular season uh, embarrassment in Baltimore by the Chiefs earlier this year. And I agree with you guys on the Bills. Just a really tough out. Of course, the Chiefs could not see the Bills into the AFC championship game. And, um, uh, you know, in Baltimore, the Ravens playing at Tennessee, the Ravens have all kinds of revenge motivation in that game. That was the Titans that knocked them out, embarrassed them in the playoffs a year ago. We'll see if, um, you know, I think that's a good kind of a good test for a character test for Lamar Jackson. See if he rises to the occasion and doesn't let that happen um, again. I don't know who will be favored in that game. Um, you know, B- Baltimore was a big favorite last year in in that. So, Blair, you made this point when we were talking the other day, and it's kind of interesting, and we don't know how it's going to take shape yet, but one of the things that uh, – that stood out about last season's playoffs for the Chiefs was that they, that to get to the Super Bowl, they they beat two teams they had lost to. They, you know, they they knew them a little bit. They, I don't know if that necessarily was a certain form of incentive. I think the incentive of the playoffs is probably enough, but that might get flipped on them this year. They might be in position to take on two two teams or one team that uh, that they'd beaten earlier. So there's what four teams in the in both the AFC and F- NFC brackets total that the Chiefs defeated during the season, right? Uh, Bills, Ravens, Bucks, and Saints. I guess I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm missing one, but uh, Bills, Ravens, um, Bucks, Saints. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we've got plenty of time to to break down the AFC playoff picture, and we'll do that uh, uh, later this week. We'll get ready for the games. Wild card weekend means what? Three games on on uh, Saturday, three games on Sunday, and as Pete Gradhoff reminded me today, one of the games, maybe one each day, will be broadcast on Nickelodeon. So um, <laughs> I didn't, I did not know that. So, Exclusively? Uh, yeah, yeah. So those of us who have had kids know where Nickelodeon is on, uh, you know, on on the dial. Um, uh, so the. Um, uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll watch. <laughs> if you're to watch that, maybe uh, get a little SpongeBob in there as well. So. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, appreciate the conversation. Hey, and and uh, all you guys for for uh, weighing in. A lot of good comments tonight. And please join us again. I think we're going to come at you on Thursday as well. Even though the Chiefs don't play this week, I think we need to talk about uh, the playoffs and. Uh, we will hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, other players, tomorrow. So we need to talk about that as well. So for Sam, Sam, Vahe, and Herbie, and our producer, Beth Welsh, good night, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff and everyone who helps make this happen. Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. 
A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger for Talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. We've got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. It's a lot of dots and dashes. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.